Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nick and Janelle. And thank you for joining us for another podcast. We hope you're having a wonderful day. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting over a little bit of the uh, uh, allergic reaction I had to straw. Uh, yes, to straw. Um, so we had a little bit of an area where the, the uh, grass was kind of taking a little bit of a time to recuperate it's not in the grass. back. Huh? It's not grass, it's weeds. Oh, Our yeah. backyard is weeds. That's what it looks like. Anyway, um, it looks like grass, but it just, it is so, it, whatever kind of grass it is, it's terrible it's kind like of grass. It's like thatchy. It's yeah. So um, anyway, it had gotten really kind of, uh, it just really wasn't coming up like it should. Uh, and so we were like, you know, let's get some grass seed. We'll water it really good. We'll plant some grass seed. And... Uh, We'll put um, straw over it uh, to kind of keep the birds away from it and whatever else. And uh, the dogs, of course, went out there, and the dogs are having a wonderful time <laughs> in the straw. <laughs> and uh, I didn't think about this um, until last night. <clears throat> so we basically go uh, and take the dogs and bring them in, and uh, we brushed them, and, and we, were, we were taking this little device that we have that's basically like a little vacuum. Uh, and it has a little shedding brush hooked onto it, so you can brush their fur. It will catch all that uh, fur that they're shedding, and then you can press a little button, and it'll retract the little barbs that will um, pull that fur. And then you can take your finger and push it all into the hose, and it sucks it in and stores it, so you can just dump it away. So there's not a lot of fur falling everywhere on the floor. It catches it and it sucks it into a little vacuum. So, um, I was sitting next to Kaiser and Mika, we both were, and I was just, you know, petting them and, and you're, boy, they really loved it. You're taking that slicker brush looking thing and mm -hmm. just going down their back and just getting all that fur off. And then probably about an hour later, I sneezed. Then I sneezed again. Then I started to sneeze my head off the entire evening. And my brother had gotten really sick. And, uh, this was like, uh, like that, that day. But anyway, I thought that I was coming down with what he had. And I was like, Oh man, I don't need this. So last night I took like how much vitamin C <laughs> I drank an airborne. I had cotton in my ears. I wore a toboggan to bed. Cause I'm like, I got to keep the heat in my head. I like, I don't want to get sick. And, <laughs> and I went to sleep expecting the worst. I'm like, Lord, please, you've got to heal me from this. Like, I do not need this right now. I do not need this. And I wake up around midnight and there's no problem. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? I thought, wait, the Lord either healed me or it's the straw. <laughs> and it dawned on me because when I was younger, we would go and help people like bale hay. And uh, whenever we go out there, I loved to bale hay. It was fun. Some of you out there might be like, why would you love baling hay? It's it was really fun. fun. It was fun. And um, we would load it all up in the wagon. I remember one time we were at this, this place and we had this great big wagon full of hay and they hadn't loaded it right. And it was on this hill. And all of a sudden, I heard oh, somebody no. yell, and you looked, and there it went, rolling down the hill and falling mm. off the wagon. We had to go get it all. I think they bailed a snake one time, too. That was a pretty rough one. Um, anyway, so, um, but on a hot summer day like that, um, you, it, was, it was not uncommon for me to come in, and uh, my right underneath my eyes, it'd be like swollen and red, mm. and I mean... I'd be wheezing that night when I went to sleep. Like I was just all lit up by that. So I figured that's what happened was that straw messed me up. I think and, so. And uh, 
So today, ironically, I had a pair of um, like lounge pants that I was wearing and I threw those on and they weren't dirty or anything I had used or so I thought. I just had them laying around and I had used them yesterday when I was working with Kaiser. So I threw them on today and guess what? I flared up again. I mm. thought, why am I flaring up again? And I looked down and I noticed a little tiny piece of straw that was on there. I thought, wait, that's what I can see. What kind of debris I cannot see is on there. And I was like, dump this. I can't do it. So I changed, went in there and got some um, nasal spray and cleared myself out. So if I sound a little funky, some of you have been listening for a while. Remember way back when I used to like, <laughs> yeah. I used to be on nasal spray and everything before these episodes and I'd sound a little wonky. This is the first time I've had to get back on it. Uh, well, just for this spring, one time. And it is spring and all of the allergens are starting to circulate. I probably wouldn't have had to use it if I had not put that straw down. Probably. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. Um, we did. We had to cover up the, the bird, the, the seed. seed, the grass yep. seed. What did we get? It was a, um, what's a the fescue? What? Fescue. A four-way fescue or something like that. Yep. Went down and got that. Got some... Um, hmm. um, What's the stuff you call it? Makes it fertilizer. Right. Mm-hmm. Fertilizer for it and everything. And uh, we had a, a bale of straw that was in there that we had used for our um, Thanksgiving decoration out on the porch. Mm-hmm. And so we just brought that out and shredded it and threw it around and uh, it, it, it did its job. So. Mm-hmm. And Bingley's been hunting bird families. He has a little bird. He, uh, I was leaving for work and uh, the little guy, um, in the nickname, I, I call him Short Round. Short Round. He has He's lots of little. Him, him also is Mr. P. Pants. Yeah, Mr. M.C. P. Pants. That's yes. his name. Francois. No, yeah, Francois. That's it. You got to say it in the voice. <clears throat> so this is his official voice. When I look at him, I go, Professor M.C. P. Pants Francois. <laughs> that's, his, that's his official name. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I was leaving for work, and she said, I, she said after I left, he had crossed the street, and he went over into the uh, uh, bushes, and the next thing you know, all these birds started squawking and carrying on, and he comes Flying out of the bush and then back in, like he was in the middle of a fist fight. <laughs> and he jumps out of the bushes, then he goes right back in, like, I'll show you. <laughs> so, and from that point on, he's been going over there and visiting that, that bush mm-hmm. in the morning. That's awful. He knows where that bird family lives. They're going to have to move. <laughs> They've been squawking every morning, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Yeah, you got to get in the witness protection program or something, disappear. Anyway, um, so a um, little bit of recap. Um, this past Thursday, was it Thursday we went? It was Thursday. Thursday, we went to the doctor. You had to go to the doctor. I just went and sat there in the waiting you room. You went and was, you were there for I, moral support. I was nervous, though. I was I was legit nervous. I really was, because I was interested as to what was going to happen. And for those of you that maybe didn't catch up on the last episode, um, we had gone to the OBGYN and talked to the doc, and she had told us um, that... Um, Basically, we were looking at um, in vitro. We were looking at uh, what's the other one called besides in vitro? Interuterine. Yes, we were insemination. Looking at, we were looking at those different options uh, because she had looked at our, our our results for both of us concerning fertility and didn't really see a problem. She had kind of re- gone through mine and eased our our concerns on what mine had said. And maybe and we jumped to conclusions because I didn't because we don't. I, know. I didn't read it correctly, and. Um, so, uh, I mean, it, it seemed concerning to me, but it wasn't concerning to her. Um, and she's like, well, you know, there's been people in worse situations that have actually had kids. And, and we're like, oh, okay. And she's like, um, you know, one thing you could do is you could go to the radiologist and have a, uh, what was that test called? Um, 
Histosalpingogram. HSG. Okay, just call it HSG. But said that we could have that, she could have that test done. Basically, it is taking a contrast dye, correct? Mm -hmm. And um, inserting it into the fallopian tubes. Well, you get to see that uterus and all of that. Right. Like it goes up through the uterus. Okay. And it goes through and into the tubes and should then come out, correct? Is that how that works? Well, like yeah, it should. It goes somewhere. The reason being is to check to see if the tubes are blocked. Sounds mm-hmm. weird, but evidently it's a thing. And um, she then told us, she said, well, I've had situations before where the tubes on someone have been blocked. And then they have had this dye test done, and the dye has actually opened them up. But the way she said it, it sounded like it was kind of like one of those, like, eh, you know, it's kind of a far-off thing. Mm-hmm. So we went in there, and, and uh, on Thursday morning, I took the day off because I didn't know really exactly how long we'd be in there for. And I thought, depending on what goes on, you know, we just want the day off. Um, so uh, we ended up going, and I waited for you while you were in there, and I was just like, man, I don't know what's going on come out of this like we'll, we'll roll with the punches um regardless and uh i kept just kind of looking out of my peripheral waiting for you to come out of there and i don't know how long did that take um i think all said and done so we got there at 7 30 to check in but i think it was technically my test was scheduled at eight mm-hmm. we were in the truck leaving somc at 8 45 yeah so all said and done, like when I got back there, the longest part was waiting for her to get in there. And she's the sweetest radi- radiologist ever. Mm-hmm. She comes in and um, she said, so you trying to have a baby? I was like, well, we would like one, but we're not sure why we're not. I mm-hmm. said, but there's a time constraint here. I'm almost 40. She's like, oh, honey. She's like, I had my first one at 40. And then she said, I had two more after that. She's like, you're fine. Oh, my. So the nurse was really sweet, and she moved the um, X-ray screen to where I could actually see it mm-hmm. because it's a live X-ray, so you can actually see what's happening. You know what? I will say you this: you could describe for them probably in, in, in as as G-rated as you could the position they had you in, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think a lot of us guys would probably tap out, and we'd be like, Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> I, I I did ask if you could go back. And they said no, because mm-hmm. I think I would. I think I would have been a little more comfortable if you were back there to distract distract mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's no, because you have X-ray going. Everybody's in mm-hmm. full garb. They don't want any issues with fertility on your end because you got zapped with X-ray. I think that's mm-hmm. the main reason. Um, but you're on this bed, and it has this X-ray thing that goes over top of you, and you can see like. That part, it's like over and they position it over the pelvis, the pelvis area. Yeah. And then um, the bed had something that went around the side. And I'm assuming to put like the x-ray at the hip level mm-hmm. on the outside. And then the stirrups were not the, the, they were leg stirrups so that you put your calves in the legs and oh. you're just like, so here I am like at least... And you know, in the movies, whenever you're, there's a, there's a scene in where a woman is giving birth or she's having, you know, and they have it all draped and it's, nope, that's not what they do. That's not a normal thing. And of course I knew that cause I worked at a birthing center, but it's a little bit different when you were the patient mm-hmm. and you're, you're very hog, you're vulnerable hog-tied. and you're hogtied yep. pretty much. 
So um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, this is going to be a little worse than a pap smear. I'm like, okay. So I will tell you, ladies, if you ever have to have this one, don't do a ton of research on Google because there are some pretty horrible stories that can come from these because things can happen. But I sailed through. They put the, th the catheter slides up through the cervix and into the uterus. And that part feels like some little man is stabbing you down there. Like, ee, 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 ee. like it's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. It was, it was, okay. So I just breathed through it. Mm -hmm. It would be the point if I were having menstrual cramps that I would be going for the, the yeah. bottle. Um, and the heating pad and not moving. <laughs> and then she's like, um, so I was watching and I had my head tipped and I was watching, I was trying to relax and watch the, the x-ray at the same time. And I was laying there and I was like, I don't think that should be stopping. That shouldn't be stopping. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you're referring to, you're looking up there and you can actually see the dye yeah. as it's moving. Mm -hmm. So she put, you feel pressure, you feel cramping. You, uh -huh. She puts, cause I mean, those things are not supposed to be in there. Like they're not supposed to be in your, in your body. So your body's going to react to it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm watching, she's like, you're going to feel some pressure. Pressure is not the term I would use, but whatever. And she's like. So I'm laying there with my head cocked sideways and I watch and I'm like, yeah, that's not supposed to stop. I don't think. So like, like you can see the dye moving mm -hmm. through the, the, the tube. Uh, no, it went to the uterus and it stopped like right here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a uterus is like the V. Mm -hmm. It looks like a little bit of a V sort of. And then you have these little tubes that go up on either side, like arms and comes down. And then you have the round, the ovaries that are round that are just a little bit further down from the fallopian tubes. Because there is actually a little gap between the um, ovary and the fallopian tube. Okay. Which makes it all the more miraculous that anyone gets mm -hmm. pregnant because that egg has to make that gap. Right. Um, and I was like, and I was like, well, I guess I'm blocked. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, honey. She's like, I'm going to, you're going to feel a little bit more pressure. And the next thing I know, there goes the left side and it just goes, boop, 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 and you could just like see the dye go through the left side. Then on the right side, she's like, okay, she's like, I'm going to see if I can open both of these. Mm -hmm. She's like, it's going to be a lot of more pressure. And she continued to push the contrast. And a couple minutes later, there went the right side. And we went in blocked up and came out clear. So, so you, you could actually, but you could see it like as it came out after it had cleared the blockage. Mm -hmm. So did they say anything as to uh, what causes that or... Mm -hmm. It can be a whole bunch of stuff. I was just reading something. It said tubal goo is what the the junk term for it is. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that. Tubal goo. So it's just you know, debris or whatever throughout, you know, the years. And there's not really any symptoms that you have blocked tubes, except for you have unexplained for infertility. Like there's, so there was, in my case, there's no way the egg could have gotten fertilized because it wasn't. It wasn't able to get through. It wasn't able to get through. So I'm sitting there in the room, in the uh, waiting room, and I was a little anxious because I'm kind of like, my mind is already moving forward. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of already, a, you know, you pray. I prayed. I was like, Lord, you know, we, we both really want kids. We do. Um, we're, we're getting up there age-wise, you know, for kids anyway. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's you know, kind of what I thought. I always heard, you know, you get to your th into your 30s and, oh boy, be careful, you know. And, um, 
I was just like, Lord, you're going to have to just take control of this. Your will be done. But I said, you know, we really like, really like to have kids and, and that this test, I forget exactly how I worded it, but I just basically put it in his hands. But you know what? Sometimes we, we fall into this uh, groove where we will give it to God supposedly and we'll pray for God to do something. And then we go in there and we just kind of wring our hands like, well, we don't, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Yeah. You know, regardless of the fact that you have prayed about it. So, um, I was just kind of sitting there and I was a little anxious and then I see you coming and I'm just like, well, you know, here we go. And I forget what you said. I said, well, I went in blocked and came out open. And I was just like, <laughs> he went, are you serious? And then he had the sweetest smile on his face. I didn't know what to think. I really didn't because at that point, I think I was, like I said, shame on me. I was already looking ahead at, well, what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do that. But at least we can cross this off our list and know that it's not this so that we can progress to the next step. Because, I mean, we had talked. If I had been open, if the tubes had been open, mm -hmm. and there, that would have meant there was no other reason why we weren't getting pregnant. Right. So what next? Like, what next? But there was a reason, and yeah. it resolved. Yeah, so, so apparently... Uh, after all the testing that's been done and all the different hoops we've jumped through, this would appear to be the problem. My, if this works out and we do have kids, my advice to anybody else out there that's married and maybe you are, are struggling with kids and I'm just looking, I'm just looking at like the females out there. This is, and I want to be so careful when I say, oh, it's a simple test because yeah, <laughs> you had to go there. You're the one that's naked from the waist down, have a catheter shoved up through there. And, <laughs> but the thing is, when you look at it, I'm looking at it from an economic point of view. Let's just be real <laughs> yeah. logical looking at this. From an economic point of view, having two blocked tubes and forcing contrast dye through them to clear them out is really cheap compared to like <laughs> going the adoption route or in vitro or yeah. whatever else, you know? And, and the thing is, I wonder, and, and this is the other thing we were discussed with the OBGYN, how many other people have gone to those more extreme, I say extreme steps. But they but are extreme. They are. And, and you're going to those other steps when you've, you've skipped over the most obvious or well, the most simple of tests and your gate is shut. And you can't, nothing happens. And we're talking about people that have had their semen analysis come, has come back mm -hmm. fine. Your, you know, all of that, my ovarian reserve was perfect. My, my thyroid is under control. Yeah. Like all of the things lined up and all the tests came back. We're not talking about those who may have a semen analysis that isn't great. Right, right. And you do have to skip that step and there's no reason to have that test if, but if you have some explained infertility and don't know why it's not happening, yeah. go talk to your doctor about an HSG. And I'm not saying just absolute because it doesn't feel good mm -hmm. and there's cramping afterwards. And yeah. I came home and I didn't feel like doing much. I took a nap and God knows what you need. And he had my entire day, no show. But you know what though? We... <laughs> We, we, uh, as soon as we, we got like, I felt kind of like the only other way I would probably feel better at that in this category of feeling good about this topic would be if you told me that you were pregnant, because at that time, when you told me 
uh, I was blocked, but now I'm not, or however you worded or whatever, <laughs> that feeling that, and that emotion that I felt that, that came up, it was almost like, are you serious? Like all of a sudden it's like the universe grew, everything expanded and it's like, Oh, are you serious? I think that's what I said. I was like, are, are you serious? serious? It was like, what? And it's like, all of a sudden there's a possibility now. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's, there's nothing according to them, nothing stopping this now. Um, so, and some of the research I've done said that after the HSG, um, because it is used as a therapeutic thing as well. Like she didn't just stop. She could have stopped as soon as she saw it was blocked, but she didn't. She pushed more dye to see if she could actually remove the clog. She's obviously dealt with other people that, that have gone through that then. Yeah. I mean, this is something that she does frequently. Yeah. So, oh man, those of you out there that maybe you have, maybe your situation is very similar to ours, um, where maybe something's not, you, you know, you're not, you're not having able to have a kid and, um, you know, maybe initial tests on both your sides seem fine. I would highly advise going to check on that mm-hmm. because it could be something that simple mm-hmm. that is preventing that egg from basically dropping down. And anyway, we, we, I was like, man, I was like, well, let's celebrate. And so <laughs> our <laughs> idea of celebrating was to but not so great. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> but it was on the way home. It was. So, and I needed something to eat. I was sick to my stomach by that point. And so he got me something to eat and we had breakfast and donuts. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something uh, from personal experience. Me and contrast dye don't mix. Well, you had a different type of contrast diet mm-hmm. and in a different location. True, true. So You don't even have the location I have. No, I don't. So <laughs> uh, all I'm saying it though is that like, like having the dye pumped into you for different stuff or whatever, like I, I don't know if that would, uh, I, guess, I guess it's a different thing, but I, I can't really, I can't really, there you go. I just, I can't relate to what you went through. Um, I don't like. Anybody mentions contrast dye, I don't like it. No, he gets very nauseated when he has a CT scan yeah, or something. Especially when you're like having to sit there and, and like puke up, it looks like antifreeze. <laughs> it's not good. Um, anywho, yeah, we were we were super thrilled and we were talking to our parents and stuff like that and, and uh, uh, those close to the vest and kind of telling people, hey, we got a really good result back and people were thrilled to death. And so, with multiple advices. Yes, yes. And, and it was all the same advice. Yes. So I walk out of there and the radiologist goes, she's like, go home and get busy. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think every single person that, you know, we had Mm -hmm. told said the same thing. Now it's time to get busy. Go at it. Yeah. I think I made the statement. I told you, I said, you know what? It's going to be really strange to hear we are laying down uh, at nighttime's (laughs) coming. We're going to go to bed. I said, every single person out there knows what's going to happen tonight. Oh, good grief. (laughs) Craziness. But that is a definite answer to prayer. Yeah. So prayers as we continue through, because um, um, also doctor did put me on Famara, which Mm -hmm. is an um, ovarian stimulating medication. Um, And one of the side effects that is known in the warnings is that it does produce multiples. Oh, dear. So... We could end up with twins. Oh, dear. Well, you know, if that happened, um, oh, wow. 
Nan and Pop Papa in Indiana would be amazingly thrilled. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he starts handing out real cool gifts to, to grandkids. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna go up there with my hand out. I'm gonna like, where's mine? Where's mine? You know, if it wasn't for me, it wouldn't happen. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go full wheeler. Put me up. Come on, let's, let's see. Oh, good grief! You know, though, um, we remains to be seen. You know what what happens, but this hurdle was cleared, mm-hmm. and. Um, We'll see what happens. And we had already discussed that if we, uh, if Janelle becomes pregnant, um, that is something we are going to keep very close to the vest um, initially because we want to make sure that everything is fine because we don't want false alarms. We don't want something that like goes for so long and then all of a sudden something bad happens and we have to go through that whole rigmarole. I'm sure everyone would know after the fact. Uh, it's just the buildup would be really rough. But um, anyway. Um, if that happens, we do thank you for your prayers. We encourage you to continue to pray for us. And um, the moment that we feel, if this does happen and we feel it's the right time, we will definitely let everybody know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things where I feel like every child needs to be celebrated, in, even if it mm-hmm. doesn't go to term, but it's a little harder to get on. And everybody was thrilled about you know and if something does happen i i'm yeah. sure we will share that process too because i'm sure others out there can relate yeah. to that pain and that um trauma but um at least until we are insured of victory victory in us and you never really are until yeah the baby comes into the world but yeah. um at least through that first ouch sorry guys bingley is trying to claim me um <laughs> Um, but until we get, you know, at least well into the first trimester and everything's going well, yep. then we can share. Yeah, if we get to that point, then we definitely will. But as for now, we have we have cleared what appears to be the final hurdle. The final hurdle. And uh, we'll see. You know, the, the, the thing is, though, <clears throat> we were discussing this on the way home. How many people out there have tried to have kids and have not? It has been something that simple and they've never known. Yeah. And think about all the people back through, through you know, medicine. People, you know, God has made it to where man's, man's knowledge has increased, and God has blessed him tremendously. And there have been men and women who have come to the forefront of science who have brought uh, wonderful ideas that I do believe God has ordained mm-hmm. and has brought to light. And these advancements in medication and medicine and treatment um, even in the past 50 years, the leaps and bounds we've taken yeah. um, have made it to where something like this can be treated through a, I'm saying it, a simple procedure. And it, okay, you it know. really is. <clears throat> but it it's really a, is. It's it, awkward. It's awkward and it's painful and it's whatever. But, but think about uh, all the times in the past where it could have, all the millions of women who had situations similar and it could have been fixed, but they never knew. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything like that to do it. I firmly believe that healing is also comes in the form of the knowledge that God gave, because I yeah. don't care what kind of an atheist or um, non-believer comes up with this. He didn't just come up with that smarts just on a yeah. whim. God did give that to that person. Yeah. yeah, they were they were chosen. And, uh, you know, I remember... Um, Long time ago, those of you who have maybe been to Columbus, ever been to Kosai? You've been to Kosai? I've been to Kosai. You haven't? What's Kosai? So it's kind of like a, it's like a, I don't know if it's called Columbus something, uh, science, some kind of a science center in Columbus. Um, really well known. Went there one time as a kid. 
And we went into this large room they had. It was a display of all these, um, I guess you call them fetus babies, that had been aborted and dumped in trash cans or wherever else. And they put them on display and they were like suspended. And they had them in these little tanks. And there were so many of them. And looking back on that as a kid, <clears throat> looking back on that now as an adult, and knowing the amount of effort and time and prayer and money that a couple is willing to put in to just have a shot mm -hmm. at having a child, it, I just cannot fathom the idea of taking a human life and dumping them in a trash can. One they had, it was found inside of a uh, little soup can. I can't imagine that. Yeah. We've, um, you know, we've gotten to that point where it's like, um, you know, you, you go through, a, you, uh, you see other families with their children and you see how they interact. And uh, I never thought that that would be something that would bother you. And it gets to the point where it does bother you because you're like, yeah, I'd like to experience that, you know. Um, and that's why, like, I it, it bothers me even more when I see on the news uh, parents that abuse their children and all this other stuff. And, I'm, and, and you go, why? Why do they get the privilege of, of having a child born to them that they're going to kick, beat, and mistreat? Yeah. Like, why? And I understand um, that it rains on the just as well as the unjust in Scripture. And, and God will avenge those, those kids. And vengeance is his. And uh, their, their time is coming for the penalty that they'll pay for how awful they treat those kids. And some people say, well, where is God if these things are being allowed to happen? Oh, let me tell you, he's very much there. And there is a penalty that will be paid. And it will come that day when they stand before God in front of all of creation and all of mankind and all that has ever existed. And he tells them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. That will be worse than any kind of man-made punishment you could ever receive to be thrown into hell for eternity I wouldn't and hell being a place that wasn't even uh, it wasn't even made for man to begin with it was made for the fallen angels so can you imagine a place where man is thrown that is actually designed for angels the amount of torture and horrors that would be there yeah you can't even fathom it that's one thing I'm happy about to see the baby boxes that are starting to pop up and I think they're starting mm. to make their way in Ohio they are. Indiana's Baby Box program is amazing, and it has saved so many little lives. Mm -hmm. um, Ohio fought it. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with Ohio. Um, I've been following that, but they did definitely fight it. But they, one of the ladies who has been instrumental in starting that, um, I don't know if any of you um, have followed the Baby Boxes or know what it is. So they're put in the wall of a fire station. Um and when the mother opens it, a orange bag falls out that has like mm -hmm. information in it. I'm not sure what the information is. They put their baby in there, and um, within two minutes, the baby's out. Mm -hmm. And then it goes straight to adoption. Yep. Well, hopefully, there's more things like that that show up, and more people yeah. consider uh, that as an alternative. Kentucky has the baby boxes now. Yep. They didn't fight them. I'm not sure what. I can't remember what. Yep. But Ohio threw huge fits with the baby boxes. So I'm not sure what was going on with um, those. But um, 
Indiana was trying to put them in fire stations right off of the highway or places right off of the highways yeah. so that people traveling through, um, and it's, um, one of those that they're not videoed. So there's no video camera outside so they can identify who mm-hmm. dropped the baby off. It's not, it's not prosecutable. It's not abandonment at that point. Um, as long as it's done within the first 30 days, I think is Indiana's law. Mm-hmm. I think every state can be different, but, um, and then I was in the Indiana adoption program mm-hmm. when I was a foster parent to take a, a, a baby that was found in a baby box. Mm-hmm. Then I found you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was really kind of strange coming into a relationship with somebody that uh, you, you, the first thing that goes to your mind is, well, I'm going to have to explain this because <laughs> you've already got a, you got a kid with you, but then it's like, you know, who cares? Um, it's, a, it's a baby that you've taken in um, through the foster system, and I think she would have been very, very happy uh, <laughs> with how things were set up. I learned very quickly that when you buy toys for a kid, they don't get used as intended. <laughs> Never. Yeah, Christmas came and I got all these different little blocks and things. I thought, well, I want to get something because here's what my mind is thinking. Stimulate your mind and, and help them with their learning or whatever. But so, you did. Well, I got blocks and like take the shapes, put them in the little shapes that correspond like slots in the box. Yeah, they were eggs that had little. Yeah. They have like multiple things that were very educational, yep. stimulated her mind. So me and her are sitting there and you're with us and, I, and I'm trying to show her how to use this stuff. And how old was she at that time? Um, she's just over a year. And, and, uh, did just you, 17 months. What caused us to start pitching them over our shoulders? Did I do it? I can't remember. I think that's what happened because then she started laughing and I was like, what does she think that's funny? So then I took another one and pitched it over my shoulder and she just died and she would give them to me and I'd pitch them over my shoulder and she would just die laughing. It wasn't about putting the right shape in the right slot. It was just pitch them over my shoulder. And that was the name of the game. And she would just die thinking that was hilarious. But you still learn lessons. You mm-hmm. learn. It's all of that uh, major motor skills of tossing yeah. things over your shoulder and yep. going around and picking it up yep. and the cause and effect that you dropped it. And yep. it dro- so all of that stuff is still educational, even though it wasn't used, but she spent a lot of time with those cups and those she eggs. Did. Yeah, she we did. still we still got this all day. We still have those. Early. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that was just just a little bit of an update, I guess. Janelle sharing her experience uh, with uh, that whole rigmarole of getting tested, and and we're definitely happy now that we have a positive result for what's now we can proceed. Yeah. Um, and we'll see where that goes, and you know we haven't ruled out adoption or or maybe even fostering. Uh, down the line if that's uh, what it comes to because we can't have one physically. Maybe there's something else that comes in that yeah. just will not happen. Uh, but for now, we, we seem to be on the road you know, to success, we hope, and we're, mm-hmm. we're praying for that. We hope that you all out there pray. Pray for us that if God bless, chooses to bless us with, with, uh, with kids, um, that they are, and this is what I always pray, that they are whole emotionally, physically, and mentally. And that everything goes as it should, and there's no complications with you either, and we go green light, and everything's fine. That's that's that is the win for me. That's that's what I'm looking for. Well, anywho, all of this, and I will tell you, I know there are some that don't may not agree. Um, I am very weepy tonight. Um, a child that you adopt is no less loved mm-hmm. than one that you give birth to. Yep. 
It's the same. Because were we not all adopted by God? We are. Yep. And uh, I, I think that maybe that's probably an issue with some people is that it's not their flesh and blood. So they all, it doesn't that, matter. Yeah. And, and some people tend to treat them as like a second class kid, you know, and they should not be. See, and that was always a thing um, when I had Serena, even though she was only one, I never let anyone call mm-hmm. her my foster daughter, my foster kid. Um, she was my kid. She was my daughter. Mm-hmm. And if I had adopted her, adopted daughter, would not have been accepted. Mm-hmm. And if we adopt, adopted before is not okay. Mm-hmm. You choose to bring them in, yeah. and uh, they become part of you. They're your family. Yeah, they are. They are. They are just as good as your fresh, flesh and blood at that point. Yeah. Am I? Um, I was very blessed that my parents were on board with that part of it, where mm-hmm. um, they were just Nan and Papa. Yeah. It wasn't. They were Nan and Papa. It wasn't um, when mom would talk to friends or dad would talk about Serena. It wasn't um, my daughter's foster child. Yeah. It was their grandchild. Right. For all intents and purposes, that was their grandchild. Right. So that the loss of having her, I mean, of all the things my dad said at the wedding, that was the thing that choked him up. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you get your bet money from that? No, I didn't. <laughs> He's the one that started to cry. He owes me. Yeah, he owes me. <laughs> but that was the thing that choked him up was talking about Serena. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I know there are some that will not agree, mm-hmm. but that love was no less than if I had given birth to her. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've kind of touched... All bases this evening that we were going to go on. We've actually gone long enough here. I think that we can let people <laughs> off a little early. It's not an hour. We're 38 minutes. Well, 39 minutes. And uh, I think it's about one of the shorter ones we've hit for a while. Yeah. But I think it hits a sweet spot. Probably the most weepy one we've had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? I'm good. All right, folks. Thanks for joining in. Keep us in your prayers. And uh, remember, there is a God. And he loves you. And he has a plan for you. And we hope that uh, you seek his face one day. All right. Thanks a bunch. And we'll see you again.